Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Levert Ball Show. And on this episode, our guest is Alex Barth. And um, Alex has done a lot in the New England sports scene. Uh, he's currently an on-air talent for uh, 98.5, the Sports Hub. But um, he's also done some stuff in the past covering the Patriots for uh, CLNS Media. Um, he's done some stuff with NBC Sports Boston. Um among other places. So he's definitely a well-traveled uh, guy in the Boston sports scene. But uh, Alex, first off, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's quite the introduction. I uh, hope I live up to it. <clears throat> yeah, you know, maybe I could be I could be your hype man. Like if you're ever like a rapper or something, like I could, you yeah. know, pump you up I mean, before you a, go on stage. So That was a solid audition, I'd say. I don't sure. know how the two of us would do as, as a rap group, though. Maybe we should stick to, uh, to sports broadcasting. Yeah. But. Yeah, I but so. um, <laughs> but you know, first off, um, you know, obviously, you have a few different topics to talk to you about. Um, you know, today you are, you know, like I said, you've been in the New England sports scene for quite a while. But stepping outside of the New York or New England uh, sports scene, I mean, what are your thoughts after uh, last night's Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, it should have been one of the all-time great Super Bowls, and it's still probably up there, but. Man, that ending was just such a wet blanket. It's like, you know, you see a great movie and you're enjoying yourself and then they just kind of rush the ending and botch the ending and it it ruins the whole movie for you. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I, I know some people have thrown out Game of Thrones comps today as well. Um, On the call, yeah, was it a holding textbook? Yes. I The biggest thing for me with officiating is consistency. If you're going to call something that's borderline or not call something that's borderline. Look, I'm generally in favor of let them play. I think most people are. If they're going to call a game tight, fine. Call it tight. But just something should not... You can't not call something at the beginning of the game and then call it late in the game. And that kind of little grab, little tug on the jersey, whatever you want to call it, uh, they were letting that go all day. So to call it there... I think is unfortunate. I don't know that it ultimately changed the outcome. I'm a firm believer in the fact that no football game has ever been won or lost on a single play. And I look at the false start on the third and one in the first half. That leads to the Jalen Hurts fumble. Obviously, that fumble itself. I look at the Kadarius Tony punt return and the Eagles busted coverage there. They had other chances to win that game where they're not in a position where they need the refs to make or not make that call late. So really fascinating game from that regard. I, I thought Jalen Hurts played out of his mind and deserved better than he got. I think Nick Bolton, the Chiefs linebacker, number 32, deserves a lot more attention today than he's probably getting. He, to me, had a real case to be the MVP of that game. And I think that now we're going to do this lunacy with the Chiefs, that they're a dynasty, even though they're not. And Mahomes has caught Brady, even though he hasn't. And it sucks that we're doing those narratives because I think it takes away from both sides, really. Mahomes should be celebrated today, but when you go over the top with it, people are going to correct you. And then it looks like Mahomes is getting knocked on a day he deserves to be celebrated. So definitely a lot to talk about from that game. I wish we had gotten the ending we deserved, which was the Eagles with a drive to at least tie it if not win it, and then maybe overtime. Like, that Eagles offense was cooking. I wish we got to see him again, but the Chiefs were the better team. Andy Reid coached a better game. 
their defense made the, made the plays when they needed to make it. I thought the, the Chiefs' pass rush was great in the second half, and Patrick Mahomes gave them just enough, and, and they're, they they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, you talk about the, uh, you know, the call there at the end. It's funny, you know, people talk about how they don't want, you know, big games decided by the refs. And it's yeah. interesting, you know, the Chiefs benefited from some timely penalties on opponents during the postseason, not just in the Super Bowl, but I mean, you know, against the Bengals, you know, that call late in the game um, at the very end on, you know, the late hit pushing Patrick Mahomes when he was already out of bounds that set up their game winning field goal um, to get them there. So th- they did catch some breaks. It's it's funny, like, and this is so random, such a random comparison, but some of my friends played uh, baseball at Johns Hopkins University. Yeah. It's Division three baseball, but they lost in the national championship game, Division three national championships, on a um, a walk off home run. But there were two strikes, and the pitch before was a borderline ball strike that the hitter took, and the umpire didn't ring him up. And a lot of people think, you know, no umpire wants to decide a national championship game ringing someone up. He wants the guy to either swing and miss or hit the ball. If that makes any sense. And this is a much, much yeah. lower scale. This is division three baseball and very random comparison, but even at the division three level, officials don't want something, you know, the, the league's champion just, you know, decided by them, but here it is at the highest level of sports in the Super Bowl. you know, pretty much the biggest event in all of professional sports, in my opinion, not just football. Um, yeah. And it, it was a big factor. So there's that debate is, should officials be a little more lenient and only call obvious things or should they just call it the way they call it? But at the end of the day, you know, nothing the Eagles can do about it now. Um, the Chiefs won another ring. I mean, I agree with you also. It is a little bit early um, to be making the the Brady-Mahomes comparisons. Although with Mahomes, I mean, he's a young guy. I mean, he's, he's younger than both of us. Um, you know, it's not out of the question that maybe someday um, – you know, maybe someday he'll have that many rings with the pace that he's on. But again, that's like that's like, you know, having a toddler and expecting them to have their driver's license. Yeah, certainly. And I, I think when you talk about the overall comparison between Brady and any other quarterback, this isn't even a Patrick Mahomes thing. Between Brady and any other quarterback, whether it's Mahomes, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's any of these guys, Aaron Rodgers. The, the thing about football is durability and longevity are unbelievably rare in that sport. And in a game where people's peaks may only last four or five years, the average NFL career for a player drafted in the NFL is three years. That is the average length of an NFL career. And Tom Brady did it for over two decades. So, Mahomes being at the top of his game right now, and yes, he's the best quarterback in the league, I think sort of by far, but if he, talk to me when he's doing it in 2040, right? There are other guys that had impressive runs at the top of the league. Peyton had his, Rodgers had his, Drew Brees was, he only won one, but Drew Brees was at the top of the league for a little bit, right? We've seen these guys come and go. Russell Wilson had a couple years there. And look, I think, you know, I'd put, Mahomes run ahead of some of those guys, the run he's on right now, but he's got to do it for 20 years. Brady holds every record under the sun. And he won his two Super Bowls 19 years apart. 
there's only 20 players in the history of the league that played their first and last season 19 years apart other than Brady. It sucks because, again, I think it's a disservice to Mahomes that we have to go through this exercise, but the run he's on right now is up there with some of the runs Brady went on. Yes. But Brady had two, three, four of these runs. You break it down, right? We see that that when he retired, people did it and broke it down where Tom Brady has been a Hall of Famer basically three separate times in his career. Mahomes has won. Mahomes has won such window. Now he's got to do it again for another 16 years. Can he do that when most guys don't even play 16 years? Forget at a high level. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing that separates Brady. I mean, outside of, you know, the the number of rings is just the longevity. And yeah, like, I mean, like you said, you know, still playing at a high level at, at age 45. And I mean, he, he, he could have continued playing. You know, I think his decision to retire was based on, you know, personal reasons and had nothing to do with football. I mean, he could have continued to play at a high level. Um, you know, what Brady did was kind of ridiculous. Also, I think for, you know, running quarterbacks, they get hit more often. So yeah. I think it'd be harder for, you know, someone like Mahomes or someone who plays the way that, for example, Jalen Hurts does to play until they're 45. I think Brady couldn't have played until 45 if he weren't, you know, just stand in the pocket passer, um, you know. And and so, again, but who knows? We'll see. I mean, Mahomes is still young, um, but, you know, obviously you do um, you know, cover all the, the different major New England teams. And, you know, in previous years, um, you know, talking New England sports and talking the Super Bowl usually went hand in hand because the Patriots were in so many. You know, it's yeah. I guess we're in a new era where those are separate conversations. But, um, you know, looking at the Patriots, I mean, they didn't even make the postseason, obviously. But um, there's been so much talk about Mac Jones and the drama with the offensive coaches and the dysfunction in the, um, you know, in the, within the New England Patriots organization. And it's funny, the the writer of that article, Karen Garigian, I used to uh, yeah. – job shadow her back in the day when I was uh, a heroine. Yeah, I love Karen. Karen's the best. Yeah. And I can say she is, you know, you can tell someone's character by how they treat interns because anyone's going to, you know, be cool around someone who they want to impress or someone high up in the profession. But when you're, you know, a clueless 23 year old intern or whatever I was, she was very nice to me. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was great getting to know her, but the thing is, so much discussion has come out of that. And obviously in the NFL, there are plenty of things that would be stories that don't ever get out. Do you think it's all the the, rea the public reaction is appropriate? Or do you think to some degree people are blowing out of proportion as far as like what a dysfunctional family the Patriots were, you know, on offense? I, I think it's fair. I it, And it's not like. You know, it would be one thing if it all appeared to be well and good on the surface. And then we get this thing from the Heralds and, the, you know, that's a weird thing. But I, there was nothing in the Herald report. I, I, I don't want to say it like, I don't mean this is in those guys didn't do a great job. Karen and Andrew did excellent. But at no point was I reading that. And like, I don't believe that. Like, that surprises me. Like, it all sort of, it, it, it kind of fit all the pieces together, all the head scratching moments from that season, right? It sort of explained it all. So there's nothing in there that, you know, 
feels like a leap. And I'm not saying that either of them would make anything up. Like, that's not what I mean. But just like, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that explains this. This explains this. It's like, oh, now we know why all this happened. So, no, I I think that the the response has been level. I The fact it came out after that statement from Robert Kraft, and we kind of already knew that they were going to be moving on, at least to an extent, for Matt Patricia and Joe Judge probably helped temper some of that reaction. But, no, I, I think that they asked some very fair questions in that. They answered a lot of questions. They they asked some very fair questions, and it's led to people asking some very fair questions. Well, and there's also been the discussion of, you know, Mac Jones and how he handled everything um, and, you know, his relationship with Belichick. And, I mean, I think a lot of people are in the situation that Mac Jones is in, you know, like, you know, lots of people in nine to five jobs, you know, when they know their boss is screwing up, but there's the power dynamic there and you can't tell their tell your boss that they're an idiot. I mean, Belichick, despite his amazing coaching resume, I mean, kind of shit the bed this past season with some of the, you know, putting Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in those roles. And so with Mac Jones, you know, everyone talked about like his outbursts and his tantrums on the sideline and he wasn't wrong that, you know, it's more a matter of, you know, how do you keep those feelings to yourself better, you know, and, and not seem like you're questioning the authority of, you know, your head coach. And, and, and again, plenty of people who aren't professional athletes deal with this in the corporate world, um, you know, but uh, I mean, as far as the relationship going forward, I mean, do you think Mac Jones is still the future guy? And do you think that the relationship with Belichick can be fixed? I think they can be, it, you know, in terms of the first question, is he the future guy? I, the, the book's still out. He showed a lot of promise in 2021. And then he was put in a situation in 2022 that really, I think no quarterback would have succeeded in. Forget Mac Jones. Look at what Trevor Lawrence had to deal with under Urban Meyer. And then he finally gets a coach that builds around him. And he shows why he was the first overall pick. Daniel Jones gets out from under Joe Judge and gets a great coach in Brian Dayball and turns it around and leads that team to the playoffs. Won a playoff game even. The book's not out on Mac Jones yet. I don't think you can definitively say one way or the other. I think if you do, you're just pushing a narrative and you're not actually basing it on anything concrete. As for the outburst, I don't want him to keep his emotions to himself. I like a quarterback that plays emotional. Tom Brady did it all the time. Even Cam Newton, when he was here, played with a ton of emotion. And that was really fun to watch. Now, you can't let the emotions impact you negatively. And I think that happened at times this year with Mac. He needs to learn how to harness those emotions and yet let them fuel him, not hinder him. But as for people decrying those outbursts as disqualifying, it's a really weird take to me. Because why are we judging Mac Jones based on everything around him falling apart? Why does he have to be good when everything around him is falling apart, why not? Why isn't the takeaway, hey, the team should put a system around him that isn't constantly falling in on him? I don't really care that he can't handle things with Matt Patricia's offensive coordinator because he shouldn't have a coach like Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator. I'd rather just fix that. And then if, if he's still acting like this with Bill O'Brien, yeah, then it's red flags and then you move on, certainly. But I don't know. Let's give the kid a chance first and see what it looks like. And that's, that's where I'm at. Like, I just want to see him get his fair shake. 
He showed progress. And maybe it's too little too late. Maybe they ruined him. Maybe there is no coming back from the damage that was done this season. And there was damage done this season. His mechanics started to fall apart. He got sped up mentally. Like it was kind of a mess. But let's see if you put the pieces around him, if he can get back on track. And if he does, great. And if not, hey, you've put all these pieces in place. And that way, when you go and you draft his replacement in 2024, the guy's stepping into a great situation. Yeah. And I mean, at the same time, though, you know, Belichick is just, I mean, is there a coach in pro sports who has less tolerance for people questioning his authority than Belichick? I mean, Belichick is more of a, he has more of a military leader's approach than, than a, a you know, a, a, the head coach's approach. And I mean, there, there, there's, you know, everyone's talking about maybe his relationship with Belichick was hurt by the outburst. Like, I agree with you that it doesn't necessarily matter, but do you think it, it bothered Belichick in a way? And that, you know, Belichick had that famous quote in his end of season press conference. I think Mac can play quarterback in this league. Like he might've well have said, you know, I think, you know, Mac is a very nice young man. Like, I mean, do you think the relationship there is fixable? Because, I mean, Belichick even ran Brady out of town, and he's famous for benching. I mean, people debate this all the time. I think he benched Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl just because he didn't like him. And I also think the Patriots would have won that game had Malcolm Butler played. I mean, you can think of all the different petty things Belichick has done. Like, a reasonable person would think the way you think, and say, oh, it is what it is. He had a terrible offensive coordinator. He's human. He shows emotions. But do you think Belichick sees it that way and their relationship is fixable? Because with Belichick, when you're dead to him, you are dead. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I think, one, Belichick recognizes how important Mac Jones' success is to his legacy. If Mac Jones isn't the guy, I don't know that Robert Kraft's going to give Bill a little shot to find the next one. Because if Mac's not the guy, that probably means they missed the playoffs again. Now you've missed three years out of four without Brady. You had a promising quarterback. You ruined him. That's that's going to be a tough sell. So this is one where Bill could put guys in the doghouse when he could cover it up. He can't. There's no covering up putting Mac in the doghouse. I know people like Bailey Zappi. I really like Bailey Zappi. I was the first one in New England talking about Bailey Zappi in October of 2021. I was talking about Bailey Zappi. I think Bailey Zappi is a similar player to Mac Jones. And I think Mac just has a higher ceiling because of his instincts. But Bailey Zappi is not the answer. So Bill needs to make it work with Mac Jones. And I there's also an element to just winning cures all. If they start winning games, it becomes water under the bridge. I And I know like maybe that didn't work with Brady and Bill, but look, they were together for 20 years. So it, it clearly helps something. So, yeah, winning cures all. I, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So I guess it's not it's not time to, you know, throw in the towel on, you know, Mac Jones and Bill working together and, and kind of just the unit they have that, you know, for the most part, obviously some guys are going to retire or leave in free agency. But as far as the core coaches and players they have, it's not time to give up on that unit. I mean, that would be crazy if Belichick's, just hypothetically, like if things didn't work out with Mac, if Belichick's Patriots career ended with him being fired rather than retiring, I mean, or like Belichick. Well, look, look, he's yeah. he's not going to get fired. I it'll be a mutual parting of the ways or something. Asked like to step that. down, but I mean, it's it's almost like when the Yankees got when Joe Torre stopped managing the Yankees, they offered him a ridiculously reduced salary 
and he declined it, which is the polite, it's almost the polite way of firing someone or like, right. You know, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, I still, I mean, it would be crazy though if, if Belichick didn't end things on a good note is I guess, you know, kind of what I'm getting at, but, um, you know, also, um, you know, as far as you, you know, I gave you that whole, uh, you know, pump up speech, um, you know, when I introed you, but you know, you're doing stuff with uh, 98.5, the sports hub, I know, you know, you, you're on air for them, you do some writing for them. Um, You know, what can you tell everyone listening more about like what you do there? And also, do you have, I actually, I get this question all the time. And I don't have like one answer. I have different directions I could see my career going in. But, you know, do you have long term plans to, um, you know, stay in the Boston area and keep doing stuff at the hub? Or do you, you know, someday want to, um, be in a different part of the country or what are kind of your, what do you do currently and what are kind of some of your thoughts as far as your career moving forward? Yeah. So my, my, my main assignment, uh, my main job is as a writer for the website. I cover mostly the Patriots, but all four sports. I do, uh, I do fill in on air. I do some podcasting as well. I do some social media stuff. Uh, I love working at the sports hub. I've been listening since I was in middle school. I would love to stay at the sports hub. I would love to have a show, be on a show there like full time. Um, I don't really see myself leaving Boston. I grew up in this. I grew up rooting for these teams. I love like, it's such a, a honor, really an honor to be covering these teams and be somebody that fans go to for information about them. So, um, and, you know, getting to work for one, I do a, a podcast directly for the Patriots as well on the side with Evan Lazar, the catch 22 podcast. That's been an unbelievable experience. It's been super cool working with them. So, you know, I, yeah, I, 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 if my job now is what it is, and this is kind of where I go, uh, I'd be so happy with that. And that would be great if I end up, you know, I'd love to get, be on air full time though. That's kind of like the end goal, but I'm not, I'm not in any rush to get there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it sounds like, you know, you're pretty happy at the hub and, you know, you're just yeah. continuing to, you know, work and grind and continue to, increase your role there you know you mentioned also you know how you grew up in the boston area i mean you know in my case um you know i grew up in baltimore maryland and then i went to college in the boston area and that was when i started doing these different sports broadcasting internships and i never left boston after i graduated but that's got to be you know extra cool for you you know these are the teams that you grew up watching that you're covering now and you know you grew up listening to the hub and now you're on you know, on air for them. Um, that's got to make it that much sweeter. I mean, I'm also someone who wants to stay in Boston long-term and really enjoys the Boston sports media market, but I guess I don't have that personal connection to it the way you or other people, you know, working in the business do, you know, if they, like I said, grew up in the area and grew up um, cheering for Boston teams. But, um, you know, also, um, you know, I guess kind of my final wrap-up question, um, you know, we just got done the Super Bowl. It's still it's still early, but could you see um, the Patriots, you know, being a, a major contender next year if they do everything they need to do? If they do everything they need to do, they should be in that second tier of the AFC. So to me, the top tier is the Chiefs and the Bengals. That's it. Second tier Not is... Buffalo? Not Buffalo. Nope. I think Buffalo showed everybody who they are in that playoff game against the Bengals. They're going to lose a bunch of key free agents this year. I think 
running Josh Allen as much as they do, which has always been a mistake, is starting to catch up to him. So that second tier would be Buffalo. It would be the Chargers. It would be Miami if the quarterback stays healthy. Um, Baltimore if they keep Lamar. Like that group, you know, the Raiders, the Broncos, if they play up to their potential. I think the Patriots could be in that group. They can be a 10-11 win team competing for the division. I don't know if they win it. But if they do everything they need to do, playoffs is a real expectation. The division, winning the division is a possibility. And I think winning a playoff game is certainly on the table. I, I They're not going to be a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, Bill O'Brien would really have to work some magic. And they, I think they'd have to get probably more aggressive than they're going to this offseason to get there. It is possible, but it would be a lot. And they need some things to go their way. But they can, they should be... Real, if they do everything they need to do, and I wrote a 10-point plan for them at the beginning of the offseason. It's on 985thesportshub.com. I think it's still my pinned tweet as well, at Real Alex Barth on Twitter. If they do all of that, they should be where they left off at the end of the 2021 season, which is pushing hard, not just like being there mathematically at the end, but not really having a shot like they, you know, like they have been. They should be pushing for the division and a playoff game or two wins should be in the cards. Yeah, and I think that's reasonable. And, yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, with Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes um, still, you know, running things in the AFC, I mean, you know, it's tough to tough to be the favorite, um, you know, with, with some of the, you know, talent that that is in the AFC. But I think also people are just so accustomed to, like, the Patriots' ridiculous amount of success over the years that even being a pretty good team in a – you know, contender, a second tier contender, like you said, is a letdown for people who grew up just go, you know, watching Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. But it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, you know, with Mac, the offense, Belichick, how Belichick wraps up his Patriots career, everything we discussed. But, um, you know, once again, everyone, you have been listening to the Leverett Ball Show. And um, Alex, you know, we've definitely enjoyed having you on everyone um, definitely check him out on the sports hub and uh, give him a follow on social media. Um, but once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in.